The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everyone, it's John Burke. You know how much I love movies. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you love movies too. And what we do here at Burke Reviews costs a little bit of money. It doesn't cost a fortune or anything, but none of us are rich. And that's where you come in. You can support BurkeReviews.com by either subscribing to our Patreon, where you can give a set amount to us monthly, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, and ten dollars. And we're not asking you to just give us your money. You get perks for uh, signing up on our Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com slash Reviews and see exactly what those perks are. You can go to BurkeReviews.com and click on the Patreon link and it'll take you right there. Um, but if you're not willing to commit to a monthly donation, which we totally understand... There's an option to just donate one time. Uh, if you go to BurkeReviews.com, on the right side of the page, you're going to see a donate button. And through PayPal, you can donate us any amount of money you wish um, for doing that. We will read your name on our uh, the next episode of the podcast, whether it's Burke Reviews Movie Club or Top 5 Movies after the donation is made. Um, with uh, our truthful, heartfelt thanks. Um, not to mention that one of the, the perks of being a subscriber is you get... Um, your name on our website as a uh, supporter of BurkeReviews.com. Um, it's hard to believe it's already been two in, two years and we're into year three already. Um, you know, we love what we do and we hope you love it too. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks for the support. And back to this podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are going to be talking about Larry Crown this this evening. Um, but before we do that, we'll look at what we've been watching lately and just kind of catch up, because we don't get to talk that often. And I don't think I'm going to talk to Corey for like two weeks, because she's taking a week off of uh, Top 5 Movies. So I, I am. Corey's turning, what, 12, you said? No, I'm 24, John, forever. Got it, 24. 24. I forget things, yeah. so I have to double check. If um, it was just one year older, I could rent a car, but... Darn it. <laughs> Why didn't you just say 25 forever, then? Because I like 24 for some reason. Oh. Is it because it adds yeah. up to six? And that's oh. one-third of a number? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, I just want to hop in and tell, I want to tell you, but mm. everybody, um, I, uh, I have been thinking for a little while since my semester, actually before my semester started, that I really wish I could be a part of Phi Theta Kappa <laughs> because they're like super, um, I don't know. You know, but um, they they have a lot of like scholarship opportunities and it's all, you know, due to like your grade point average. And I've been invited so many times before and I was like, I don't want any of that stuff. And I mean, if I ever had, the, I would never live in a sorority. I would never be like that part of whatever. But I got invited today and I just kind of had a shitty day and I'm just really excited <laughs> because I'm going to give them my money. Oh. And I... It's it's like ninety dollars for it's a one time lifetime oh. membership. Yeah, not bad at all. And I am almost done with my associates. I only go for part time, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. I 
been really worried about how I'm going to go on to university and I don't want to go into debt well, over it. Uh, Corey, yeah. I got some news for you. Yeah. Debt's just a oh, part shizzle. of it. You know, you just nope. You just bury yourself and hold your breath and hope. You know, you know, we bought a house in July. I've got plenty of debt. Oh, but that's just part of the debt. I mean, that's the whole. No. Just... I every day I'm like, what did I get myself into? I mean, I know I've been with the same man for like 16 years, and I'm like such a creature of habit. But I'm so weird about stuff. I don't like being in a cell phone contract. I wouldn't ever re-sign my apartment lease. Not because I have like this, you know, uh, I'm going to just run wild and drop everything in my life and just go start a new life. Although that always sounds really fun and good. But you know what I mean? I don't like being tied to things. I, I, I kind of get that. Um, I have uh, I do another podcast called Thinking About with with Ryan, and he is like that too. Um I, I'm not. I, I, I am and I'm not. I, I feel trapped by my cell phone service, that's for sure. I've been with them for a long time, too. Like, uh, it's got to be, oh, I don't know, let me 16 tell years. You. Yeah, and, like, just two years ago, I just finished paying off my phone through that company that starts with a V. But mm. um, I – and their service is really good. Bill travels for work, and I – almost had a breakdown when he wanted to go put us in two-year contracts for cell phones because what are you going to do? What are you doing? I hate this. I don't want to be a part of this. Like, I had prepaid cell phone service until two years ago, everybody, and I I don't know. Yeah, I've I've been with one company since I got my first cell phone. Um, Dang. It it has changed names three times. Uh, Well, technically, I'm sorry. It used to be Altel. But, no, it's always been... uh, I don't want to plug them, but um, yeah. And then they were they were one company, then they were another company that had rollover, and then now they're a company. They're back to the first company name again, and now they're trying to take over part of the world. I think they're one of those big communication companies that are like merging a bunch of other companies. So it's not Disney, though. Although I'm surprised Disney doesn't have their own cell phone service. Like you they know. probably do under another name. Ah, but uh-uh. um, you, you might be right. Actually, I have no way of knowing. But um, well, I mean. No easy way, but so sorry if on a tangent. Uh, it's okay. We tangent sometimes. Um, so you said you had a poopy day today. Uh, everything okay? My feelings were hurt. Sometimes I think I'm too sensitive for life. And you know I love baking. Yes. It is a big like pride thing for me. If I bake for you, that shit's from scratch. Like. Mm. I'm not going to go buy you a 98 cent box of cake or like, you know, I'm not going to do that for you. If I bake for you, I'm like baking for you. And then I heard that nobody ate it because they were all on diets. <laughs> ah, well. And it was homemade berry cobbler. Oh, see, I they could have totally had a bite, that. but they could have had a bite. I do. I do understand where they're coming from. I'm hoping to uh, hit the gym tomorrow finally um, and, and try to get my my crap together. But um. You know, uh, yesterday, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. We usually record on Fridays, but uh, things worked out. We're recording a day early. But yesterday, Wednesday, uh, Valentine's Day, there was a tragedy here in Florida. There was a school shooting, um, and that is where I live. Uh, not not where it took place. I don't live there, but I live in Florida, as listeners probably know. Um, and I am a teacher. And so 
anytime something like this happens, it hits far too close to home anyways. And then it, uh, being a parent of a middle school kid on top of that makes it even more stressful. Um, and then dealing with, you know, the bureaucracy of, you know, all the, we have drills and we have things that we have to now, like we were, we've always had drills, but like, because this happens, especially so close, um, you know, everyone was in extra alert mode today. We had some policy changes, which is fine and all, all, well and good. And I'm not complaining about the policy changes, but it is, it's stress on top of emotion on top of, you know, all, like there's fear of always, you know, you, you know. I'm a spaz anyways, so, like, I'm always worried, so, um... I feel like you've been under wraps really well. I, I try to, uh, uh, internally I'm I'm usually freaking out about something, um, and, uh, it, it's, you know, I, I could say all of the things that everyone says about the tragedies and our hearts go to the families, and they do, but, um, no, no words can, you know, make any of that feel better, uh, no words can undo what's been done um i hope though that the biggest takeaway is that we need to be i think more aware of who's around us uh more compassionate um and an attempt to to uh fix relationships and not make and not that anyone's guilty for making a person feel the way that he felt uh, or may have felt i i don't know anything really but when you look at all of the school shootings that have taken place since Columbine, especially, um, there's a, there's a pattern, and we need to break the pattern. So, um, I saw an Onion headline today. Did you did you happen to see? It was getting uh, retweeted a lot, so I don't know if you saw it or not. But um, that basically said, "There's nothing that could have been done to prevent this." Says the one nation this happens to regularly, and it was a very telling headline. Um, it, we're the one country where this is a, a common occurrence. So what are we not doing? You know, it does make you have to think about it. But, you know, not to get too dark and deep, but, it, you know, it's relevant right now and it needs to be at least addressed before we get I, into the levity of film. So everyone can disregard everything I was complaining about a few minutes ago. I'm selfish. Not No, um, not at all. I feel like the news from that trickled out strangely it did. um because i i don't have access to my phone all day i have like two breaks and then i have a lunch in the middle of the day and the first that i saw of it was one of my favorite djs um posted just something about that town like but it wasn't even like clear so i had to go like googling it but I just felt like it came out so strangely. Like usually it's because I had been going through my Facebook feed for, you know, at least 30 seconds or a minute. And that was the first I came across it. Well, I was recording yesterday with Ryan um, an episode of Thinking About. And uh, we record for like three hours because we basically do three episodes in one sitting um, because it is like a continuous conversation. Although we broke this one up a little bit. But Kathy had came in uh, while we were recording, which was unusual and she looked a little troubled um but she didn't say anything and she she just i think she saw that we were in the middle and we couldn't stop so she she walked back out and when we when we were done which was like maybe 20 minutes later um it was on the she had it on the news and it was it was really shocking um you know especially when she says it happened in florida i'm like what you know that's that's crazy and um and how long ago was were the pulse shootings wasn't that it seems like just 
not I, even last year, I but think two like years ago, two now. years ago, yeah. and it just keeps happening there. I mean, it's it happening all sad. over the country, and that is a good point, though. I, I, it's the first, <sighs> I think, mass school shooting we've had in Florida, but it's not the first mass shooting we've had in Florida. So, um, it, it's, you know, hopefully we can figure out what what's happening and i i'm not proposing to know the solution um nor do i i even think i have any inkling of what could be done other than you know just trying to look at what other places are doing and what they're not doing um what is the key here to unlocking this insanity but yeah and that's that you know that's to be decided by people maybe outside of you know people who watch a lot of movies and and whatnot but it is it is weighing heavy on me and so i had to at least address it um let's look at what we've been watching Corey, have you seen any movies aside from larry crown this week no really nothing Mm, no i feel like i did i usually sneak in at least one movie and I was going to go to the movies on Tuesday, and then we just weren't able to. And then we were going to go tonight, and then we just weren't able to. Mm. Um, but yeah, I felt like I watched something, but I can't pinpoint what it is. Uh, oh, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. So you guys have ragged on this movie, actually, I think on top oh. five movies. I think you and Mike. But I have wanted to see it because of the director as well as the cast. And it's, I didn't realize that it's a three hour movie, but I decided to start watching it on Sunday anyways, cause I did the wrong list, but, uh. <laughs> um, but I was really, I just hated it so much. I got an hour in and then I was just done. Um, gangs of New York, everyone. Oh, I've never ragged on that movie. I like gangs of oh. New York. Who was it that ragged on it then? I, I thought know. you guys ragged on it. Mike may have. I like Kings of New York. Um, I especially like uh, Daniel Day Lewis's character. I'm not saying it's like Scorsese's best or anything, but I, oh. I, Leo's Irish accent's awful. Um, it's but in and it's out. not Irish all the time. No, it's sometimes in and out. it's British <laughs> and sometimes it's like nondescript American. Yeah, it's it's real bad. <laughs> um, I wish he just would have not tried an accent and just like been American, but. What yeah, a, yeah. It, that's the worst uh, part of that movie, in my opinion. And the whole the, the Cameron Diaz love story is not the best, but um, there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, I think is Brendan Gleeson in it and John yes. C. Riley. Like they're both great. Yes. Um, Liam Neeson's small role. And did you? But you never finished it, huh? No. Yeah, see, I'm like an hour in. Bill the Butcher. Um, is is it Bill or Bob? I can't remember. I don't know. Daniel Day Lewis is that guy, and it's he's fantastic. Um, and I felt like they were trying to make all these big characters, but it just came across me like a caricature. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's not what he was going for though, because it is he is big. He's he's a he's like a supervillain almost to me. Oh, like, I'm talking about the whole. I'm talking about oh. the whole cast. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely different. Um. I didn't like it for a while, but uh, I I don't think I had given it a whole lot of attention the first attempt I watched it. Several, like, long, when it first came out. I also, I was still getting over my uh, anti-Leonardo DiCaprio thing because of, like, the jealousy of a high school kid. You know, like, all the girls thought he was the best, so I hated him kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just starting to get, like, past that and accepting him as a great actor. Um, although not, not the best example uh, in that movie, mind you, but... Um, 
I mean, he does some good stuff in it. It's the accent that really is bad. Like, the other stuff is usually okay. But, um, yeah. Okay, so you did watch, kind of watch something. You, you need to watch yeah. The Florida Project Corey, and Brigsby Bear. Like, what are you doing with your life? You got movies. I was trying to watch, I was trying to watch Brigsby Bear a week or two ago, and I just wasn't in the right mindset. Mm. Mm. And I felt like that one needed. Heart. Well, you know, like, when. I know when I go into a movie, I try to put my phone down. Yeah. I try to oh, not no, like I get that. Yeah, yeah. be attached to anything and just like focus in on that. But I just couldn't like focus and it wasn't the film's fault. It was me. Well, so what I, I've seen a lot, but I don't want to spend too much time on any one of these except for one. So I'm going to go yeah. quick through my list and then go back to the one that I want to focus on. Okay. So mm-hmm. I saw Maze Runner, the death cure. I liked it. Um, I think it's a good ending. Uh, to the trilogy, the city of lost children, which is a Jean Pierre Jean uh, You know, he did Amelie and Alien what? Resurrection and Delicatessen. I got to see that at uh, the Polk Museum because Florida Southern College in Lakeland <gasps> is doing a uh, monthly film screening and discussion. So that was really cool. Um, I saw a movie called Entanglement. That's the one I'm going to come back and talk to. So I'll get back to that one. Uh, I rewatched Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I liked. I think a little more than the first time I saw it. Um, I watched Away We Go with John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph and a bunch of other people that are really good, but they're definitely the focal point. The rest of the characters kind of come in for a vignette of sorts, like they're there for 15, 20 minutes max, and then they're gone for the rest of the movie, where you are following John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph as a couple. It's a very sweet movie. I liked it quite a bit. Didn't Not perfect, but a lot, very enjoyable. Um, Then I watched Larry Crown, and then tonight, I just got home from seeing Black Panther. Um... And no spoilers, but I loved it. So, um, going back to Entanglement. Entanglement is a very independent film that's not going to get a theatrical release of any uh, note. Um, but I uh, I get screeners from a few different um, studios that are smaller and independent. And I have not had a lot of luck with the ones that I've taken the time to watch. But what pulled me into this one was the, um, the lead is Thomas Middleditch, who you'll know from Silicon Valley. He's like the main guy on Silicon Valley. Um, I don't remember there, his name mm-hmm. now um, in the show, but he's like the guy who creates Pied Piper and then everyone kind of follows Oh, I him. know Thomas Middleditch. Yes. Um, I am a fan of his. And so this was, he hasn't gotten too many leading roles um, that I've seen. Like Richard Hendricks. He, Richard Hendricks. He's in the bronze, which I liked him in the bronze. Um, I did not see Search Party, but um, I did see this by, uh, you know, through a screener. It is available on VOD, I believe now. Um, I was really, uh, I really enjoyed it. It's not perfect. I, I, I want to stop saying that. No movie is really perfect. There's, if there is, there's like five, you know, that are perfect. But it's, it's got flaws for sure. But Middle Ditch is, if you like his style of comedy, which is that kind of squirmy, awkward. awkward um, he ha- he's still there, but there is this level of confidence in this character that I really liked. It was this believable confidence because he's kind of out there he's not all there in this movie uh it's a dark comedy it opens with a suicide montage um oh well i guess suicide montage is a little misleading Uh, a montage of suicide planning um like trying to figure out which is the best method for him to approach um and so it's it's a dark comedy uh a little bit of a rom-com in there there's some it's like a dark romantic comedy and uh, I ended up really enjoying it. It's, it's under 90 minutes, so it's the right length for a comedy. Um, I did give it the uh, not-quite-golden rating. Um, so that's uh, it's 
technically our like four star rating, although I'd say three and a half to be fair because it's a little there's some problems, but um, there was a lot of stuff to enjoy, and uh, I I recommend checking it out. So that's why I wanted to spend some time with that one. I figured that's one uh, most of you have not heard of or seen. Um, so entanglement. I would like to know because you snapped it or you Instagrammed it. I did both. Um, no, I'm talking about the City of Lost Children though. Oh, How yes. did you feel about that one? Oh, um, it's it's really good. Uh, my review is up for City of Lost Children and. Oh, I'm sorry. It's up, but it's not those. up at BerkReviews.com. It is up at WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk um, in the deep dive section where uh, I am working with Matt from over there. To uh, hey, Yes, and uh, Matt and I are going to be bringing a new podcast in the future, too. Um, oh, I think you're nuts. Yeah, but it's only monthly. It's once a month. Um, it's not too bad. Uh, but Matt and I, uh, Matt was on an episode of Top 5 Movies. We clicked, and um, so we're working together on some different projects. And trying, you know, we both love film, so it's it's you know nice to have that kind of connection. Um, but my uh, review for the City of Lost Children is on his site right now. I haven't posted it on on ours. Um, I don't know if I need to post it on both. Um, you know, I it's I want to actually review the Florida Southern thing because I think it's really cool that in Polk County we have this all of a sudden this art house cinema thing happening where once a month film lovers are going to get together, watch a kind of obscure movie and then talk about it for 30 minutes afterwards. I'm in like heaven, even though I I didn't talk at this particular screening because I'm also an introvert. And so it takes a little bit of time for me to feel comfortable. Oh yeah. Um, But uh, it is hosted by my alma mater, Florida Southern. So it is a cool cool element there and it's at the Polk museum. Um, it's free entry too, so it's not even it's, what. Yeah, it's it, you get you come in, you watch the movie, and then you hang around and talk if you want to. Um, That's so rad. It's really cool, and so they did City of Lost Children this time. Next month, uh, they're doing Claire in Motion, and the director is going to be there to do a Q and A. Um, and so I'm definitely going to aim to go to that one. It's luckily uh, after South by, so I will be able to to attend. So. That's awesome. But yeah, um, I do recommend you check that one out. Uh. What is it? Pinion? Like, uh, Dominique Pinion? Uh, Dominique Pinion. Is also yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lead element, but Ron Perlman is the actual lead in this. Um, does he speak French? Because isn't this French? He does speak French in the movie. I don't know if he actually does, and his character isn't super intelligent, so he doesn't have to speak in complete sentences, which I feel like could have been a good writing tactic for a character, for an actor who doesn't speak French. But I don't know, because. Perlman keeps surprising me because he's showing up in different movies that I would never expect to see him in. Um, and But he's great in this movie. And They're uh, obviously friends because he was in Alien Resurrection too. Yes, and so Dominique Pinion is in all of his movies. Uh, mm-hmm. So, although sm- the smallest... <laughs> I love his character. Yeah, well, in this... Um, I won't, this is not a spoiler because you see this in the first 30 seconds, but there's like six or seven Dominique Pinions on screen at any time. So he's got... He's a clone. Uh, so you get several versions of him happening, and it's pretty <sighs> awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I like it quite a bit. Um, it has a similar color palette to Amelie, and um, I like that. So, but we do need to move forward and talk about Larry Crown, our movie of the week, um, following in our theme of romantic comedies. Tom Hanks and no, Tom Hanks. Actually, no. I mean, uh, this was my third Tom Hanks movie I saw this month. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Um, I don't. I feel like I might Post. have watched something else that he was in. Actually, aside from obviously, we watched Sleepless in Seattle last week, but I feel like I watched something 
else with him in it? Well, you were doing, weren't you doing that thing you do for your class? True, and I did spend a lot of time with that movie, although that was in January still, I think. Um, oh, okay. My kids are finishing their, their montage projects, as a, uh, which is their follow-up production project from that film. Um, I had one student has finished completely, and I was very happy with uh, their video um, so far. All right, let's look at the stats real quick. Uh, Larry Crown is written, directed, and stars Tom Hanks. Um, just like, well, he doesn't star in that thing you do, but he is in there. Um, Julia Roberts is the co-star. Uh, there's a lot of big people in this, and some yeah, of them have super Malik. small parts. Uh, yeah, Rami Malek's character is so shocking uh, to me <laughs> that he's playing like the pig-headed jock. Is it Wilma, Wilma Valderrama? Yeah, Wilma, Wilma. Valderrama. Um, I was Rob, like, Phil, it's Fez. <laughs> Rob Riggle has a super small role, although kind of important. Um, actually, uh, Brian Ra- Cranston. Randall Park, Brian Cranston. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through because it's in order of appearance and not everybody appears right away. Rita Wilson, Cedric the Entertainer. I love seeing Taraji P. Henson in this because this is uh, one of her, to my knowledge, one of her earlier films. Um, Wilmer Valderrama. Well, I, skipped, I skipped her. Where'd she go? Where is she? Oh man, see, I don't like how the, the credits are ordered on IMDb because not everything makes sense. Um, the girl who plays Talia. Oh, Gugu Bathara. There it is. Yes, uh, she is most recently in the Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix. Uh, she's the lead oh. actress in that, um, and she'll be appearing in um, Ava, oh. Ava DuVernay's uh, Wrinkle in Time too. Um, is it George Takai? Oh, I wasn't forgetting him, but I was getting to him. George Takai is. Fantastic in this movie. Um, I think I didn't realize. Okay, I I don't know. I didn't realize, but Nia Vardalos from My Big Fat Greek Wedding helped write. She wrote this with Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. And I was just looking, and she's the voice of the map genie. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, because I think he worked with her on something else recently too, actually. Because I remember them talking, and I didn't know that he had worked with her on this movie. But I feel like I'm looking, I'm scrolling here because I remember them doing it. Maybe did he help with my big fat Greek wedding too? Maybe I think maybe. No, it's not. He's not listed. Maybe he shows up in it because I remember there was an interview around the time that my big fat Greek wedding two was coming out where they talked about um, working together again or something. Maybe he produced my big fat Greek wedding two or something like that, which wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I don't see anything. She doesn't have that many writing credits, but yeah. Um, so, what we do, if you're new to the podcast, uh, Corey, and have, Corey and I have uh, watched this movie. We have not talked about it yet, so we have not shared each other's opinions uh, with this film yet. But um, for the month of February, we're watching rom-coms. And uh, Corey picked this one predominantly because it was available on Netflix, but also, I'm guessing, because of Tom Hanks. So I was thinking about that, and Bill watched this with me, and I was just like, Bill, he's so charming. So here we are again, Paul Rudd, Tom Hanks. They're probably tied for most charming person in the Mm. world, but yes, I love Tom Hanks. Uh, And you know what? I I went through a little stint um, in high school, and it wasn't the same reason why I didn't like Leo, but I had... I had grown to dislike Tom Hanks, and I don't know exactly what it was, but I think it was I think it was Castaway, because um, Castaway bored me as a as a oh, kid. I love Castaway. I know most people do. Most people do, and if for some reason as a, as a kid I didn't. I appreciate it more now. Um, I you know I think I might have been more contrarian when I was younger than I realized, because um, I think I didn't like it because so many people liked it, 
and I would say that about Titanic, but I still have issues with Titanic. I think Titanic is overrated. Um, for I saw it in theaters at least once, but maybe twice, and I loved that movie. And yes, Titanic. But, um, yeah, but my thing with Titanic is I think it is a I think the love story aspect is crap. Like the visual spectacle of Titanic, sure, sure. But James Cameron like isn't a good story writer. Like he's a great visual director. Look Avatar. at Avatar. Yeah, Avatar is an awful movie that is gorgeous. But it's an awful movie. There's so many things wrong with that movie. And everyone who's like, Oh, I loved Avatar. Yeah, really? When was the last time you watched it? Nobody loves Avatar. You loved Avatar. It is it should not be and isn't, to my knowledge, anyone's favorite movie if they have watched it recently because who cares about any of the characters in that movie? They're all disposable because he can't develop anything except for pretty pictures. Sorry. I do like Terminator 2, and I like Aliens. That's it. So um, I've, I've now publicly made my James Cameron issues, and everyone's going to oh, hate no. on me. But, hate mail. Um, <laughs> Contact at BurkeReviews.com. Yes. Uh, you know what? That's fine. We'll take um, any mail. But you picked Larry Crown because of Tom Hanks. Um, and those yes. of you who haven't seen the movie yet, after losing his job, a middle-aged man reinvents himself by going back to college, which it's a, it's a midlife crisis movie, right? Which is cool. I, I tend to like – I like all types of coming-of-age stories or uh, rites of passage films, and this is one of them. Um, I feel like – I feel like usually with midlife crisis, I feel like all of everything – in the story with him, it's external issues. Like he doesn't dislike his life. He's not looking for change just because he's tired of his current life. Yeah. Where, where I feel like with most midlife crisis, when I see people going through them or I see a story about it, it's just that they're tired, they're bored and they want some excitement or, you know, I don't know how to verbalize that any better. That, That is a really good point. Actually, I like, he likes his life. Yeah, he, he doesn't even initiate the change. The change happens to him because he's fired, and he's fired simply because he doesn't have um, a college degree. He has a no degree. college. I don't even know if they need a degree. He just doesn't have any college because he went to the Navy for 20 years and now is working at UMart, which is a Walmart, Kmart, Target, whatever you want to call it, big box department store, and he's really good at his job, but they fire him. Um, because, he's enthusiastic and he loves it. Yeah, he really is. Like he's generally happy with what he's doing, um, and everyone seems to love him. Like you see the whole opening montage of just everybody loving this guy, Larry. He even has a coffee mug with a crown on it, and really embracing that last name, but it's spelled with an E, uh, C R O W N E. Um, but so he gets fired. Uh, we meet his his neighbor, who's Cedric the Entertainer, um, who I like, but he's always so big. Like, you know, he he always feels, uh, I'm going to use your word from earlier, a caricature. He's, he never feels like a real person in the movies that he's in. Like, he's always putting on this big act. Um, he's funny, but it is, like, it's so large uh, compared to especially a lot of the other characters in this movie who are mainly downplaying things. Brian Cranston doesn't know how to downplay. I don't think he's always yelling. Oh, punch him in the face. Yeah, well, he's a super jerk in this movie, but... Um, He's he's a big you know bold actor when he's on stuff which um, worked with Walter White really well uh, and it's it's he's been on a downward slide since Breaking Bad ended. Um, however, I'd like to take this time to propose the Breaking Bad musical, um, oh God. with the the theme song being Ice Ice Baby and 
Jesus. You're always trying to throw work for vanilla ice. I, you know, I want to help him out. Um, uh, no. And, uh, but, no. Um, so, Cedric is has a perpetual yard sale after winning a lot of money on a game show. Um, and for some reason, he's that's how he makes his living. He's just always in yard sale mode, uh, which I guess is funny. Maybe. I don't know. I was just, okay, so uh, they live in California, right? Yes. That's totally, okay. Right? Uh, that's what I thought. I mean, we see the palm trees. I forget. Yeah. I want to say the college is called Valencia or something. I just totally felt like it was California. And we find out later on that uh, Larry owes like $400,000 on his house. And like now thinking about that in California, I don't want to talk to you guys about how much houses are going for in Idaho because of Californians. But I'm just like, that's really like, if you think about it in the scheme of things seven years ago, that's not that much. And we learned that he, uh, what's his name? The neighbor, he went, didn't he win like $500,000? Yeah. And I'm just like, how can you just not really work and have a yard sale on that much money? Well, they seem to be doing pretty well, and it helps Taraji P. Henson's running, you know, pretty good. But um, before we get any farther into the plot, because this is all in the beginning of the movie, folks, nobody worry. We didn't forget spoiler warning. Yeah. But um, overall, I, I, it's hard to not like this movie because both Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts are always so charming. They're so likable. I, I still had fun with this movie, even though I definitely wouldn't say I loved it. What about you? I will agree with that. I don't, it's, mm, I enjoyed it. I don't know how often I'll rewatch it. I think that Bill actually enjoyed it more than I did. Oh. But, um, it's like, it's, uh, it's like such a small movie about one person kind of and all his small relationships, but it still for some reason didn't feel that. I don't want to say fleshed out because, but you know what I mean? Well, I felt know, like it just. In some ways, I think part of it was what you pointed out was we don't really know Larry Crown. Like, what are his actual goals? He's going to college, but for what? Like, because he didn't even pick his classes. The dean picked the classes <laughs> for him. So he has no real clear ambition. He knows he needs school because he can't get a job. Like, he's applied for everywhere. But then he ends up getting a job. At a diner where he didn't want to go back to food service, but he ends up there because of his years as a Navy uh, cook or cook specialist, culinary specialist. And, um, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, a spoiler, but not really. Uh, but, yeah, that, you know, I hadn't really even thought about what the biggest problem was with this movie, and you totally hit it on the head. It's that. Who's, I feel so who, smart. The movie's called Larry Crown, and we don't know who the crap Larry Crown really is. We just see other people shaping his life, and I, I guess you could argue that's who he is. He is a moldable block of clay who just fits wherever people tell him to. He just, uh, like, goes with, oh. Yeah, which is, you know, but he's likable as a result, right? Like, is everyone seems to kind of like him i get there the only scene where we really get to know him is at in the, the speech class but let's stop there and let's do a spoiler warning before we talk anymore guys go watch larry crown on netflix um or go rent it somewhere uh but we're gonna be talking about this movie in some pretty deep detail and here's max to say hi <laughs> i hear that cat. <laughs> he's like sitting he's like sitting against me and he like has his whole max has a phd in like hugging um but just go watch larry crown it's not a waste of time you'll enjoy it if you like tom hanks forward. especially if you're a fan of tom hanks you will And if you don't like tom hanks then you're wrong well 
Yeah, okay. a lot of people would feel that way. Um, but we we meet uh, Julia Roberts. His character is the teacher um, who works at the community college where he signs up. Mercedes Tano, uh, Tano, right? Because you, you don't pronounce the T because she makes it very clear it's not Ty not. Um, and he's and he's kind of told by the dean whose name I did not mention because he's an actor who's in a bunch of stuff too. I gotta find him though because this again this the way they organize this is just not good. There he is, Holmes Osborne, who is in um, a variety of movies. He's listed his oh that's right he's in that thing you do. He's guy's dad. Duh, it did oh, not click. Um, Affliction and Donnie Darko. He's Eddie Darko, the the Darko's father. Um. The dean kind of points him in which three classes he needs to take because he's trying to, you know, he's looking for jobs. He can't find any. No one will hire him. Um, he's He's got this big SUV that we see him pumping gas, and it's like $80 to fill it up. And he sees some kids on a moped, um, or I think it's a moped. Is that is that a moped? A scooter? A Vespa? A Vespa? I don't really know. Um, and he, it's only like a do- $3 or something to fill up the thing. And so he buys one from Cedric the Entertainer's yard sale. And so he ends up getting into the, the the worst part of this movie in my opinion is partly Vilmer Valderrama um and the, I think he has some pretty funny parts though but go ahead the, everything he does I can't stand I I don't think I like him um I liked Fez when I used to watch that 70s show but in recent rewatches could not stand him um It's hard for me to even go back and watch that with all that Danny Masterson oh, crap This was and, before Masterson did that by or and, well, not before he did it before it was public it was, I like just started like he was just in an, a season of Roseanne, and I'm just like I can't look at you. But I haven't seen him like Fez and much since yeah, that. He's he's popped into a couple of things, um, but I I didn't really like him in this, and especially I thought the role they gave him where he's like there's like a Vespa gang, but it's not like a real gang, but he acts like it is. Like the when you look around, it's not equal like it's all ages it, it felt like a bit out of community um which i love community and uh where you just had because the community college in the show community is just a variety of people like there's old people young people it, like you get into community college and that's represented here and in this gang but it it felt so silly and he like he lightens up in a moment but then he doesn't and then there's this weird tension where i, I don't think the tension of talia and him like and Larry maybe dating was ever necessary. Um, I, I never thought she was interested in him like that. I really loved Talia, though. I thought her uh, character was so interesting. Oh, see, that's where we differ. Sometimes she was a little obnoxious to me, and I just wanted to tell her to tone it down. And I uh, I don't know. Like, I could see... Because uh, he says that... Well, Wilmer says that everyone loves Talia and back up because I'm number one or something and I'm just like I mean she's nice but I don't know well I I did like her um a lot I I felt uh, this is another story issue is that we're watching poor Larry lose everything because he didn't go to college even though he served our country oh and yep and he goes back to school in an effort to try to to find work and then he he watches Talia start a small business and quit school and doesn't really do much to talk her out or he 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 makes a little jab at her well she was already out by then true like, she had already dropped out she'd already quit at that point there was you know it's not like 
oh, well, maybe you should rethink this and give it some time before you quit. Like when he found out she had already quit, like, why isn't yeah. she in class today? Yeah. I don't know. But also like to see her throw away getting her education while he's going back after so long to get an education because yeah, that's where I thought you were. And that is exactly what I, that's 100 percent what I'm talking about. Like, why does that happen? Because she one, she as close as she's been helping Larry, she sees the struggles he's going through. And he's having to sell his house and do all these things or foreclose his house himself. Or I didn't understand all the econ stuff. I thought it was cool that he did, but it didn't really like ever make sense to me. And I, I found it shocking how smart George Takai's character was. And he's at a community college. Um, oh, I feel like that's, I don't know. I didn't go to university. I still haven't been to university, but I have had so many so many great professors in community mm -hmm. college and a lot of times they also teach at the university but i get a discount okay. to price you know I, I i i think that sometimes people like think that no and but, as a teacher i i teach at a public school and we have a staff that has been equated to a private school staff like we don't get paid like a private school staff but that's the quality of our teaching staff has been equated to that by people um so and I'm I'm included in that, not to brag, but that's I'm on that list. I don't know that I deserve to be, but I'm there, and I've been there for a long time. On top of it, so um, yay me. But Ooh. and so I, I don't mean to imply that a community teacher can't be great, but he has, seems like he could be making way more money, even just selling books, because Larry becomes <laughs> an expert. In, in a matter of moments, apparently. Now, that could be wrong, because we don't actually see if any of the stuff he says proves to be true, mind you. Um, we we see that he ends up in an apartment or whatever, so I don't know if any of the stuff he claimed to the bank lady actually was accurate. There, there's a lot of little problems with this movie, because there's and a lot of stuff I, that happens that doesn't really get I, any resolution. Didn't feel like that was so far fetched because he went and turned everything into her and then a few scenes later we do see that the house is foreclosed yeah. and we haven't seen any other like he didn't go to the bank she didn't come to him so but, i feel like he was successful well he he foreclosed but w w was that the right decision like is his well, life destroyed now is he going to be like bankrupt for years like i don't understand what the consequences cuz she did seem like she was trying to stop him from doing it but obviously i would assume that the, maybe the bank wants something else from him or wants him to continue making payments or i don't you know what i mean like i didn't understand exactly what his action was making her not want him to do it you know what i mean like what was what was happening i didn't understand any of that i guess and that could be me or it could be the film's fault for not better explaining what was happening um i don't know uh it did feel a little just like okay i'm done um and I did love, but I, I love the Takai stuff, like him taking his phone every class. Like, those things were hilarious. Uh, or how accurate, how accurate that he's, he makes all the students, his the textbook is his book. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which, it's his book. But if, if, if apparently if you read it, you're super smart at econ because Larry was crushing it. So, or like, I think that maybe he found his calling. Which I, I expected then when, when Talia quit school to start her small business that she would hire Larry as her like accountant or something like that, which could be the case, but it's definitely never stated, right? Like she doesn't have enough capital yet. Maybe, but like that would have been like maybe some, even he did. She went to him 
to confirm her idea, like this is going to be successful. And he says, yes, it looks like this is profitable or whatever. But I still have my doubts with the with the message being conveyed here. Um, like, I, I don't know um, what lesson the movie – I don't think the movie really teaches us a lesson because uh, Julia Roberts' character has the jerk husband who isn't working. He's written a book at some point, and now he's – viral blog i don't even know like it just felt like they were throwing internet buzzwords out um and she says he's just commenting on other people's posts like so i don't know what he was doing but obviously he wasn't really working he was just looking at porn apparently um and because this movie is not our it's not real porn that he's looking at it's like pictures of girls in bras and girls and tank tops yeah so yeah <laughs> which you know uh. that's fine i don't i didn't want it to see that anyways but it was like it was kind of funny that that was like, they kept it PG that way or PG yeah. thirteen. I don't even know what the rating is. That is funny. I didn't think about that. Yeah, which again, uh, there's no reason to up a rating to R so that you can see Mm-mm. a nude girl. But it was like a funny plot point that that's like because they could have done it without seeing it too. You know, they did show like what he was looking at. We could have just got the implications um, that he was looking Word. at stuff and and us put it to our own imagination, I guess. But. Um, I did like that when he came home after getting arrested and after she's decided to like kick him out that on the computer was like the, one of the pictures just like, <laughs> like the computer was still plugged in, even though it was like in the yard, it's still plugged in. <laughs> I was like, yes. I, and I want to know, like, I know that he published a book, but it doesn't seem like he does anything. And I want to know how much she's supporting him. Yeah. And it's uh, implied that her job's in jeopardy. Um, well, because she goes to work drunk every day. The, oh, is that the vibe you got? I didn't think she was drunk every day. Like hungover or drunk? Well, probably both. That's probably oh. lasting from the night before. But we see her when she cancels like the one of the first classes. She goes home and it's 8 o'clock in the morning and she starts making – I don't even know what she's making. Is she making a daiquiri? It <laughs> she's pouring margarita-ish, but I don't think was that a, was 8. Like, because it was, um, yeah, it wasn't a margarita glass, but just the color. And I saw a bag of limes. But because um, the 8 o'clock well, class is the speech class, which she tried to cancel. But Larry shows up and then there's 10 kids. Um, and then so later in the day, her other class was canceled. So I think it was probably, it was still really early to be drinking. So your point's not wrong. Just, <laughs> you Because know. I think she said that the first speech class lasts like 50 minutes. Yeah, I think it's like an hour long Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, um, which is very normal. Um, but uh, she has a horrible attitude, and she doesn't seem like she wants to cheat, teach. Well, but that's and that seems like it could have been more of a plot point. Like, was were people not taking her class because of her, or are there just is there a lack of people attending college? You know what I mean? Because like we see it, her first class only has nine people until Larry shows up, and there is ten. Then we see her next class only has eight people, and then at the end of the movie. She almost has to cancel a class again because there's only eight people. So it's like, are there is there that much of a shortage for what she's teaching? Like, what's the deal um, with that? Did you well, that, did you catch one class was like Shakespeare and politics or something? Yeah, which I don't understand what that class like, would be. But but the speech you know, class is important. And like, what Talia didn't know that there was a communications building. I'm like, hold up, that's my degree. I don't like this at all. Like, um, oh, I thought that. I thought with that conversation that uh, I felt like it wasn't – she was implying that it's not that big a school and it doesn't have its own 
dedicated building. Oh, but we saw the name of the building on the on the side of the building. It was like speech. Well, apparently and I missed that. Yeah, there was. And a I'm shot. a communications major too, so yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm still not any better at talking. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie was uh, the Star Trek speech. The Star Trek speech, and then she calls it Star Wars, and he's so upset. Like he's like, I can't even begin to tell you the differences. And I'm like, Oh, you done struck a chord. Yeah, and it's so true. Because uh, that dude, uh, I'm going to pull up that guy's name because he is not in a bunch of stuff, but I really liked him in this movie. Um, he was with. Oh, and by the way, did you catch that? It was Pam Greer was the other teacher. Um, that was like in the office across from uh Julia Roberts' office. That's like Foxy Brown, Foxy Cleopatra, and Jackie Brown. And, um, no! Not Foxy Cleopatra. That's Beyonce and Austin Powers. But yeah, that was Pam Greer. I was like, oh, crap. I almost didn't recognize her. Um, Malcolm Barnett plays – oh, not Barnett. Barrett. M- Malcolm Barrett plays um, the guy who's dressed up as a Star Trek guy. Yeah, because he's got like – I don't know. This movie did too much, I think, because like, you have this group of students that Larry kind of connects with, but we don't get to know them that well. Because then he also connects with the the moped group, but really we only get to know Talia and Wilmer, Wilmer from that. And there's like the girl who cuts his hair, but we only get like a little bit with her. Um, there's there's just so much going on in the movie uh, that it does it does like you know like oh my goodness why are there so many characters? Because even like all the people at UMart that we meet at the beginning of the movie where we see them interacting with Tom Hanks and there's Randall Park is like a decent actor now. He's done some stuff and here he is in a bit part that's gone for the rest of the movie. Um, and all of his bosses, he has four bosses that fire him. Well, that might be part of the problem on why they're having to downsize yeah. people. Well, and we see later oh, that geez. they downsized Rob Riggle. <laughs> that made me so happy. But I knew when it happened, I like looked at Bill and I'm like, you just wait, he's going to get his just desserts at the end of this movie. But he doesn't I was... exactly. He gets that. That's the one, like that guy is like, well, at least he's not there anymore. But he's still like Umart's still doing well apparently. Like there's no talk of them shutting down or Yeah, the like bald guy. I'm forgetting, sorry. Um but the one guy, he ends up having to deliver pizzas. But it's like he's somebody's delivering pizzas in a BMW. I'm like, you just wait. Yeah. That's Rob Riggle, right? I'm I don't know. Well, Corey. Sorry, uh, I'm trying to look. I, I did like Rami Malik as the kind of dumb jock skater guy I, I guess he was like every stereotype of the dumb character like he was such a burnout yeah he was a well 100 percent that because he gets a phone call and he's describing it's in the cigar box like it always is like clearly oh, yeah. uh clearly <laughs> describing marijuana um yeah um man i think we've touched yes, on most everything um you know the kiss with her and him the first time when he drives her home and she sees uh brian cranston getting a dui and then she convinces him to kiss, and they kiss, and it's kind of awkward. Like it's it's very awkward because like she's like climbing on him, on Tom Hanks, and um, they went zero to hundred real quick, real quick. And then he, I love that he he doesn't go inside with her; he pushes her inside. And I'm like, oh man, he just he's gonna. I thought that was gonna take like a big dramatic turn where now she was gonna be mean to him at school because he rejected her. But instead of doing that, she looks out the peephole, and he is celebrate dancing like. <laughs> Love it. It's so funny. And I can it, see you. And then he just covers it up. And I was like, okay, that's a cool way of, like, because I could have totally understood her feeling rejected. You know, she basically throws herself at him and he says no. Even though. But she's also married. And drunk. He he did the right thing, don't get me wrong. But in a lot of movies, that would be the dramatic tension, and right? And I feel like a lot of people would, yeah. 
and overreact and even the the embarrassment of having done it and then been rejected um and i've seen that in other movies too so like i'm not just like guessing that's just been done and i'm glad he didn't go that trope i love that he he breaks it up there is still the tension because they are teacher students so they we can't do this and we can't do that even though there's clearly a lot of sexual tension between them and then at the end of course uh they do connect and man by the end she's so vibrant and full of life like you can see that he's really affected her i forgot how much i love julia roberts laugh oh you need to see wonder um her i like uh back to inappropriate movies i saw too young Pretty, Pretty Woman, woman? Yeah. I love her laugh. Her laugh is just so, I don't know, her laughing made me want to laugh. I will say, I um, when I saw Wonder, I had forgotten how much I love Julia Roberts. Like, she is terrific. Um, I think I've missed a lot of her movies. Um, I've, I saw Pretty Woman when I was also way too young. Um, and then I, I, I liked Aaron Brockovich when it came out. I don't know if I would still like her. I really her liked Aaron Brockovich. Um, but I, I've liked her in a lot of things. I, I even saw The Mexican because I like Brad Pitt, and so I saw that. Um, and, uh, I miss, like, I didn't see Pelican Brief, and I, I did see Conspiracy Theory with her and Mel Gibson, and I do like that movie, or at least I like that. Eat, Pray, Love? I've seen parts of Eat, Pray, Love. I've not sat and watched it from beginning to end. I think I saw the end. Is that the love part? Um, I think I saw the third act or something, um, years ago, and I don't even remember how I came across it, but she is... She's she as charming as Tom Hanks once you start watching her. And that's what I think saved this movie is if this were any other lead, if they if she wasn't able to make me like her, um, I don't know. I, I and I've I've taken a speech class and a lot of what she does isn't far off from what speech class was like. Um, so I found that kind of cool. And but the kiss at the end, I was very happy they end up together. And I, I mean, obviously, it was predictable. Um, and that's the only thing we know Larry wants. Larry clearly wants her. And that's all we really know. We don't really have any other idea. What is he going to do with his college ambition? Does he going to get a full degree? Uh, we see him in um, Econ 2, but that's the only class we see him in. So we don't know what other classes he's taking. Uh, what degree is he going for? Is he going for Econ? I would guess so. I guess so. Business or whatever. Um, well, it's so sad. I want to go back a little bit because <laughs> a year ago, I have a lot of res- I have a lot of experience and I had a really hard time finding another job. Oh. A really hard time. And just, like, even, like, seeing him, and he's so enthusiastic, and watching him go in and out of all the businesses at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and he's just, like, and there's one part where he says something that seems a little out of character, but you can just tell that he's just... Uh, you know, he's like, oh, no, thanks a lot. Thanks anyway, or something. And it just seems so not like him, but he's just, like, done. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, super snappy or anything. It just, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I felt like his body language in this was, because uh, there's, like, the just you see him, like, being heartbroken, and he doesn't, like, do much, but it's just all over his face, and he just, like, you can just see his spirit sinking. Yeah. And I got to say, too, um, I agreed with Talia. Uh, his hair was bugging me in the first half of the movie. It was like... But he still has that hair. Yeah, but it was not no- like Tom Hanks normally or just in, in the movie? In the movie. Okay. Even after he got the haircut, it was still dad hair. Yeah, which I was okay with that, but it just looked it looked weird to me. I don't know. Because um, I, I, I remember thinking, like, that doesn't look like Tom Hanks' hair. Like, uh, I mean, especially... It was super- 
darkened. It did look like a wig. It, I know it, it wasn't like a wig. wig but... Yeah, it, but it did. It totally looked well, like a wig. Well, maybe it did. Um, I mean, it's, this movie's from 2011, so it's not like it's super old or anything. I felt like it seemed older than that, though. It kind of did. It, it. I mean, maybe because he had a flip phone, which that was funny because he had a flip phone and George Takai called it. They they call them smartphones, and I was like, yeah, his isn't a smartphone. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a smartphone, and he like clinks it open and he like pops it closed. And yeah, it's just and so he's funny. texting you. I love, I love that when Talia's texting him because she's using a sidekick too. So like it. Their phones are old, like in that's the movie. like super freaking old. Yeah, so it it, it it does feel older than 2011, um, in the movie, and maybe it was supposed to be a few years earlier. Uh, I don't think they oh, ever word. really say, but um, the phones definitely feel dated. But he says smartphone, which wouldn't have been a thing till 2009 at the latest or at the earliest, um, because that's what I think when the first iPhone came out. So it's got to be after that. So yeah, there's some anachronistic things with the phones, but um. I I'm I think I've said everything I want to say. I, it's enjoyable. There's some charm in the movie. Uh, there's definitely some issues, and I think the biggest being what Corey pointed out that Larry doesn't really have any goals that we see. He wants a job, but there's not like a specific job he's after. Um, he's just trying to kind of find his place, and other people are kind of shaping and controlling him. So, um, you ready to give your rating for it, or you got anything else you want to discuss? <sighs> I feel like they were an unlikely duo, but I thought they were so good together. Yeah, I think they needed each other. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between a decent watch and not quite golden. I'm going decent watch. So because I don't feel like it's, I don't know. I'm in between those two. Yeah, no problem. That's that's acceptable. You're somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm going decent watch. Uh, and that's that's our review of Larry Crown, available to watch currently on Netflix. Of course, that can change at any moment because that's how Netflix works. Um, next week, our last rom-com, uh, we're going to be watching About Time. Um, this movie stars Domhnall Gleeson, Rachel McAdams, Bill Nighy, and oh, I don't really see Domhnall. anybody else. Um, oh, Margot Robbie's in this movie. Um, looking through, looking through. Oh. Nothing noticeable. But uh, Richard Curtis is the writer and director. Um, It's from 2013. And this movie, uh, I have to watch. I was recommended this movie by a coworker two years ago when I started my challenge. And I bought it two years ago. And I have not watched it. Um, And she has gotten frustrated with me after two years and has now been like asking students to ask me if I've seen this movie yet. (laughs) It has gotten to be where I must see this film. And I promised her I would watch it this month. Um, even though if we look at IMDb, it does say comedy, drama, fantasy, and not rom-com. However, I did a Google search and other sites do this as as a rom-com. Rachel McAdams. Um, so the premise of this film is interesting. And at the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out to not be as easy as you might think. Um, I am a sucker for time travel movies anyways. I remember seeing the trailer for this and being interested. Um, I don't remember why I never saw it. It does have a 55 Metacritic score, but a 7.8 IMDb user score. So it does appear that users like this movie, if nothing else. Um, I am looking forward to finally getting this off my watch list. It's been here for a while, and I'd like to uh, to see it and move on. So uh, have you heard of this movie beforehand? I have kind of. I forgot Domhnall is in it, but I see, feel like I see this cover frequently enough. And 
I watched The Time Traveler's Wife. Didn't that have also Rachel McAdams in it? I don't know. That's the one with um, kind of sounds like Eric Bana, right? It, that yep, it does have Rachel McAdams. So apparently, she really loves time travel movies too. And rom coms. Um, yep. But I don't know if Time Traveler's Wife is a rom com. Probably not. It's probably more drama. But uh, she's going to be in a new movie coming out. Um, in, in fact, the same weekend that we're going to be recording this, which is uh, Game Night with her and Jason Bateman, that looks hilarious. Oh. Um, where uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. My review for that will be up soon after. Um, although I will be seeing Annihilation before I see Game Night. So. <gasps> I forgot that's coming out so soon. Next week. I'm so intrigued. I feel like we have no idea what this movie is about. Oh, I, I've heard there's a lot of reviews already out, and it is not. I haven't heard plot so much, but I've heard that it is on par with Blade Runner 2049. So, um, oh shoot, which is great for people who love Blade Runner 2049, and awful for Alex Garland, I believe is the director's name, who uh, this movie will probably not make any money, as Blade Runner made almost no money, and that has huge name recognition <sighs> as it's Blade Runner and had Ryan Reynolds. And Harrison Ford and still made like no money in the box office and had Denis Villeneuve, who was a Academy Award nominated director two years in a row for Arrival in Sicario and still had no money. So sorry, Alex, I don't think your movie's going to make any money, but it will probably be one of the most revered sci fi films of this year. Um, So you got that going for you. Uh, Same director from Ex Machina and obviously Natalie (gasps) Portman. Um, So very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited to see it next week. Jennifer uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is also in it, who I am a big fan of. Oscar Isaac. Um, oh, I'm going to forget the other girl. There's a good. There's another actress who's really good in that. But um, it does have a very heavy female cast, which is awesome. Something that we don't see very often, especially in a movie that uh, one, a sci-fi film, and two, it uh, looks like an action sci-fi film. So maybe not a lot of action, uh, but definitely some. So that's Annihilation coming out next week. Sorry, we're not usually doing that, but I couldn't help it. We're going to be watching About Time, though, and our review on that film will be next week. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social medias. I'm at Burke Reviews. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And um, as noted at the uh, in the ad at the beginning of the episode, um, if you want to support us, you can uh, go to our Patreon or click the donate button on BurkeReviews.com. And, of course, the, another way of supporting us without giving any money is simply rating and reviewing us on iTunes if you like us, sharing our podcast with your social media so that your friends hear about us. Um, you know, help us out. Uh, read our reviews at BurkeReviews.com. Um, we've got other podcasts as part of our uh, family of podcasts, The Rough Night Podcast, um, The Thinking About Podcast, uh, Wild Card Pod, which only has three episodes, but they're worth listening to. And um, I'm hoping to add a couple more in the near future, but... Even though they're not officially part of the family yet, I do want to plug my friend Craig's uh, Music Musing podcast. Um, I've been having a blast listening to it, and um, it's making me go back and like revisit music, and I've really uh, kind of rekindled my passion for music uh, through his podcast. So um, I can't recommend that one enough. Corey, I really think you should give that a listen. I know you don't have a lot of free time, but uh, maybe on your way to work or something, just throw it on there. Um, I will say that- I just try not to die on my way to work. Well, the first two episodes, their audio qualities, uh, they're kind of going through the, the growing pains of doing a podcast, and the third one really cleans up the audio a lot. So, uh, But that said, listen to the first two episodes. The second episode especially, it's about uh, their favorite cover songs. I had a blast with that. So Music Musing um, is the podcast with Craig Seibert. I highly recommend. Um, it is a friend so there is some bias there, but I generally, I literally do listen to that podcast, and I'm having a blast with it. He needs to get the rest of the episodes up because I'm done with the three that are up right now. <laughs> I want to listen to another one. So um, 
that's that's our uh, episode for the week. Corey, thank you um, for doing the early recording with us on a Thursday night instead of, you know, we just freed up our weekend, I think. Yeah. And I have a three-day weekend because of President's Day. I just remembered that. Yes. I hope it's the best weekend ever. Well, thank you, Corey. I hope you, uh, your day tomorrow goes better. And if you make any Thanks. sweets for your employees, uh, don't give it to them. Just pa- pack no, that up in a <laughs> US, uh, UPS box and ship it to me. Uh, <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Uh, well, folks, guys. thanks, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>